0: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rolling with the Winners, episode 23, 23 for my man, LeBron James. Uh, it's funny, though, because I actually don't have many LeBron topics planned for today other than uh, letting you guys know that Zuri's YouTube channel is some premium content. If you have not gone to watch any of the clips yet, you should watch the video of Braun and Zuri making peanut butter Powerballs. Uh, I've watched it at least... 50 times now, and it is one of the cutest things I have ever had the privilege of seeing. Also, last LeBron thing I'm going to say is he's passing Kobe either against. Kyrie and the Nets or against the 76ers to move up on the all-time scoring list so two fairly exciting options to be passing him during one of those games basically by next episode I should be able to say it's official because I've been talking about it for months now um, and it should finally be happening soon which is super exciting Um, you know I don't know if anyone else feels this way but this past week really seemed to drag. It kind of felt like the longest week ever. I'm not sure if it's the winter weather or what, but it just felt like it was really dragging. Uh, So I just, I mean, I just drank a lot within like 24 hours this weekend. So I feel right back to myself after kind of a rough work week mentally. Uh, But I am just, I'm ready for some warmer weather. I know it's still January and we kind of have a long way to go, but it feels like, Yeah, it feels like the bad weather makes time go slower. Like during the work week, it just seems to drag and then you leave work and it's still dark outside. But I sometimes like this time of year because I feel like it allows me to really buckle down and get my priorities aligned and get ready for the year ahead and the things I want to do. Um, Kind of random, but... At work this last week, I took this training course that was related to uh, your skills in presenting and public speaking, and I ended up getting this incredible feedback from the course that I was this great public speaker and uh, one of the best in that class that they have seen take it, so that was great feedback, and I kind of want to attest some of that to this podcast because I feel like it has allowed me to speak and get my thoughts out there and feel comfortable doing that in settings to where I'm in positions in work that I have to do that and I feel more comfortable doing it partially due to this. So I thought it was pretty cool to share. Um, Also, this isn't really related to sports, but I obviously like sharing inspirational things. So I figured I'd just talk about it real quick. I think it was two weeks ago I had this super awesome Uber driver. He was one of the most positive people I have met in a long time. Uh, I was with a friend and he asked us if we had anything that we were looking forward to this year, which is isn't really a question people usually ask, actually, when you think about it. It's more typically, do you have any New Year's resolutions or stuff like that, where everyone starts talking about how they want to get in better shape, and it becomes more of kind of a negative conversation. Uh, But asking what I was looking forward to this year was nice. I kind of had trouble answering it quickly on the spot because you just don't get asked that often. And he responded then by saying he had so many things he was excited for and he had all these books he wanted to read. Uh, He gave me a couple recommendations and I just felt like he had this pure joy for the simplest things in life, like just reading a good book. And it kind of that moment really stood out to me and I've been thinking about it for the past few days. And, um, you know, he just, like I said, enjoys the simple things. And I think I'm guilty of forgetting to appreciate the simple things like that, so just thought I'd share if uh, you two sometimes forget about that. Um, But getting into the topics today, not too much to cover, but uh, one that I was going to mention last episode, but I had a feeling things were going to continue to escalate and the problems were going to grow, so I figured I would save it for another week (laughs) to get some more information in there, which I certainly have now. The Astro's cheating scandal uh, so I'm pretty sure you all know that this has been going on for I want to say it's it has to have been the last week or so seems like a lifetime with all of the different information that has come out and I think the most upsetting thing I have seen the the piece of evidence that is the most upsetting is Jose Altufe rounding home after hitting the walk off and shaking his finger while pu- pulling his jersey tightly together and saying to his teammates to not rip his jersey off, clearly hiding uh, what people are saying is a buzzer of some sorts. And just, you know, the whole installing the monitors next to the dugout in order to steal signs. The whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. And my general opinion opinion on it is that there needs to be an absolute zero tolerance policy for this kind of behavior in the MLB. Players should be Player bans should be enacted, honestly. Otherwise, this type of behavior is going to continue. If you don't give strict punishments for it, other players are going to see uh, what they can get away with and continue to do it. These things aren't going to go away unless you say, hey, that is absolutely unacceptable behavior. You are not allowed to play Major League Baseball again. And what's frustrating, too, is I don't know how this is any different than doing steroids and those guys get banned Um, For a while, when a player does steroids, they're doing something to give them an unfair advantage, a leg up in the game. That is exactly what the stealing of signs is. And that's it's the same thing. It has the same type of effect on the game. You're giving yourself a leg up. The other comparison I've seen a lot is the story of when Pete Rose gambled on the outcome of games um, while he was managing a team. To me, it feels like what these guys did in cheating was much worse than what Pete Rose did because Pete bet on his players to win. Although I understand why this no gambling rule is in place. It's not like he was betting on his team to lose because it would be a lot easier to choke and lose and make your team lose. But I feel like what he was doing wasn't tainting the game as much because you cannot guarantee that your team is going to win. I mean, it would be a lot harder to go out of your way to to do that through you know betting on them. Uh, It just gave them more motivation or him personally more motivation to win. And he's always said uh, he just had that much confidence in his team. Uh, Pete has a lifetime ban. And I think it's frustrating that it feels like these players could get off without consequences, at least as of now. You have Jose Altuve talking about how they're going to win the World Series again next year. Um, And it, like I said, it's just going to encourage this behavior from other players in the future because they will know that they can get away with doing similar things. Maybe it's a different manner they go about trying to steal signs, but they know they can get away with it without severe consequences. I mean, I'm glad action was taken against leadership in general and Swift and quick action, but I think it needs to be laid down on the players to hear, and they need to suffer some actual actual consequences in order for some type of difference to be made here. Uh, Overall, tremendously upsetting situation. I think about the teams, well, I think about the pitchers specifically Um, in those scenarios. I've seen a couple interviews about this so far, players speaking out about this. Um, a pitcher's career can be ruined completely by one game like that where uh, teams are afraid to have them on their team because they gave up a lot of runs in a high intensity very crucial game Uh, and it takes nothing to send someone back down to the minors I mean very quickly that can happen especially with pitchers Um, and it It could quite possibly have ruined some of their careers just because of this cheating, which is really upsetting because it's hard to say what would have happened had those situations not been in place. So I was talking to my mom about this earlier, and we were saying that like there are so and I've said this before, there are so few variables in the sport of baseball already. Every single moment matters so much that if you alter one of those moments That could be the entire game right there. I mean, there are baseball games out there that are one, one to nothing. So every single moment is so crucial. And if you alter any of those, even a little bit, it can literally ruin someone's career. And I think that's what's been upsetting me the most out of all of this is it's just tainted the integrity of the game as a whole. And um, yeah, going forward, if things don't change, the the integrity will continue to be tainted by these actions. So, yes, those are my general thoughts on that. Um, Getting into some NBA now. Zion Williamson is supposed to return to the Pelicans on January 22nd. I am really excited about this because the dude, I mean, he he has so much potential. We haven't gotten to see yet. He did play very well in the preseason, but that does not mean anything, um, but I am pumped to see him back out there for sure. Uh, Another NBA player I want to touch on is Derrick Rose. I saw a stat the other day that he had seven straight 20-point games, so I wanted to dig a little more into what other stats he's been accomplishing this year, and for me personally, I just love to see a guy like that succeed. He's been through a lot in his life uh, growing up and also has even dealt with some pretty horrific injuries in his career that have held him back from reaching his full potential. I mean, his his prime years when he was starting out, people thought that the sky was the limit for him, and so the injuries have really just tainted his entire career Uh, but this year he is actually currently averaging 18.3 points per game which is the highest he's reached since the 2011-2012 season which in that season I think he only played 36 games so um, the season before that was his really big season Mm -hmm. and then he right now is averaging 5.9 assists per game which is also the highest he's had since the 2011-2012 season His field goal percentage is 50.3%, which is actually the best of his entire career. He has never been shooting that efficiently, so he's not necessarily... I mean, 18.3 points per game is great. I think that's... uh, I saw it was 43rd in the league right now for average points per game, so he's not necessarily... Uh, at a super elite status again but it's really exciting to see him play at such a high level and he is one guy I would love a great comeback story for in general I hope injuries don't taint his career anymore and that he can prove to people who he really is because uh, we saw what he could do and it's great to see him playing like this again all right back into some NFL talk I personally was very sad to see the Titans lose. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday night post both of um, the conference championship games. And it's not that I dislike the chiefs. I I do like Pat Mahomes. I'm, I'm a fan of his, but as I mentioned last week, I have a, a deep appreciation for the way the Titans were rolling through the playoffs. And I thought it was a great story and I hoped that it continued. It's, Funny. Well, it's not actually funny, but the Titans dominated the Browns back in week one this year, 43 to 13. And at that time, I thought there was no way we should have lost like that. But the Titans really ended up proving to be the real deal. Uh, but the Chiefs pulled out the win in the end. It was a battle for the first half for the most part. They pulled out the win, though, 35 to 24. And we'll be moving on to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Uh, the 49ers pretty soundly defeated Green Bay to win 37 to 20 and Green Bay overall just didn't look ready to play. I mean, they went down early. It was 27 to nothing at one point and they sort of clawed back but not really. They just they never really had a shot at that. Uh, I saw earlier today though that this was the 7th year in a row that no wildcard team made it to the Super Bowl, which really drives home the point of how important it is to get that bye week and get that time to rest. Football is just it's a very demanding sport overall. So getting that extra week to prepare for has proven at least for seven years in a row to be valuable. Um, In general, yes, those teams did do better in the regular season, which I think is great for the sport because a lot of professional sports struggle with ways to make the regular season feel important. I think the NBA personally, I feel has very much struggled with that Uh, in the era of super teams. It, I mean, LeBron's mindset, he knows that I just need to make it to the playoffs and then I can go off. So he kind of sometimes saves himself throughout the regular season a little bit. Not always, but sometimes he can give a little less as long as he knows, especially in those years when he was on the good Cavs teams in the Miami Heat. Just get there, be a high seed. And then, I mean, he rolled through the Eastern Conference for many many years so i think it's great for the nfl that uh it's proving to be important to get that extra win or two so that you are not a wild card spot and you get that extra week in there so i think in terms of the structure it is working very well for them and uh i i still i love wild card week in general i just think it's exciting for the sport and gives people that last little second of hope, that last glimmer of hope that maybe their team's going to make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, it's it's crucial to, to get that by. Um, so into some Ohio State basketball, which I haven't really talked about on here too much yet because – In the unfortunate turn of events, this season uh, has taken a little bit of a tumble. We started off pretty strong with some key wins, obviously against Villanova and UNC. The Villanova win is still impressive, but actually North Carolina has not really panned out this year either with a lot of major losses more recently. Um, The Big Ten games, though, have what have been ruining Ohio State as of late Wisconsin, Minnesota, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State. Um, There are still many chances for Big Ten redemption. Almost every single game left on the Ohio State basketball team schedule is a Big Ten game. So they have the ability to close out the year better. But overall, it's just been a tough look lately. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just me, but I've been feeling like this college basketball season has been a little bit chaotic overall with upset watch notifications popping up on my phone all the time Uh, and usually I feel like the upsets come when we get to March Madness time but it feels like since week one it has just been one after another and even if the upsets don't actually end up coming to fruition at the end of the game uh, you're still getting those alerts of hey there's two minutes left in the game and this nobody team is about to crush a top 10 team which is It's a lot. Um, There was, I mean, there was a classic early season loss where Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin, a school absolutely nobody has heard of. Kentucky lost to Evansville early on, and it just felt like that has been a common theme this year. So I started doing some digging to get the overall thoughts from the league on why this is happening so much more this year. And I think a lot of people seem to be attesting it to offensive officials Offensive efficiency being down, um, yes, they moved the three-point line back a a little bit. I think it was maybe an inch and three quarters, I want to say. But that is really only a small part of what is accounting for overall offensive efficiency issues because it's not just coming from the three-point line. It's coming from everywhere. Um, And when teams aren't scoring as much, that ends up allowing teams like Stephen F. Austin and Evansville to stay in games, and they may be able to make some magic happen at the end if they can keep it close because the powerhouse is putting less than 70 points on the board Uh, that seems seems to be happening more often, and it keeps them in the game uh, where they can just mess around at the end and try to make something happen. Uh, Yeah, lower scoring just increases the likeliness, like I said. It's just interesting, to be honest, and you all know how I feel about a good underdog, so I'm kind of here for it in general. I think uh, having that is always great for the sport, especially you struggle with this kind of stuff in not only – NCAA basketball, but football as well, where there's the extremes of these are the teams that are going to be the best every single year consistently. And these teams are nobody and might once every 100 years have a somewhat successful year where they take down a top team. Uh, So I think overall it's great for the sport, but it's just interesting how much that efficiency going down has changed just the league as a whole. Um, And then lastly here, important things to know when crushing brewskis in the muni lot. uh, This kind of ties into the UFC fight from the other night, which, okay, first off, I I really just don't get the whole boxing and fighting and that whole world. It is so not appealing to me and it doesn't make sense to me and I don't get it. And I really didn't get the other night that people paid to watch. 30 seconds of someone getting beat up, and that was it. Like, it was just over. I just, I really can't wrap my head around it. There's always been so much hype around it. I always remember in college going to these, like, big house parties with a projector, and everyone would be watching these fights, and I've just never gotten into it. But tying this into Cleveland sports, a couple of Cleveland Browns were present in the audience. Miles Garrett was there, seated next to Baker, but weirdly when they were going around and announcing the other famous athletes there, I know Tom Brady was there. I think um, I think Christian McCaffrey was there. And they got to Miles and Baker, and it seemed odd. They only said Miles Garrett's name and didn't even say Baker's name. And even on the screen with the little ticker at the bottom that said their name and who they played for or whatever, uh, it only said Miles Garrett, which I thought was kind of a weird dig to Baker. Like, he didn't didn't get the didn't get the credibility to be put up there um, I just thought it was interesting uh, everyone kept saying maybe it was the hat he was wearing because that hat was freaking ridiculous I I'm sorry I just I don't think it worked for him in general but I will say Baker is looking much slimmer right now so I think he is shredding off some of that weight he he did gain a little bit throughout the season which he probably was told to do but he has really shredded off a lot of that so I thought That was interesting to see as well, Um, but that is actually all I have for you guys today. Just a quick little episode, just those few topics I wanted to cover, but I hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, Don't forget to leave a review or rating and hit that subscribe button as well. Um, Tell your friends about it. That would be super great too and super helpful. Spread the word. Um, Have a great week. Thanks.